Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome back to Two Brits, One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, a fancy boy and a farm boy, Dan Masters, with my good friend, the president of the Leon Dreisaitl fan club, the leader of Hockey Human Resources, and a man who needed a break. Will Everett Human, Will, how are you doing? Uh, very well, thank you, Dan. Very well indeed. Happy New Year to you too. But um, is it is it too late? You can't really be saying Happy New Year anymore, can you? Well, you kind of it's the people we've not spoken to yet. I feel that's okay. Yeah, but what if, like, okay, say it's like an extended family member and you don't see them until March. Do you say Happy New Year? Well, I plan on not seeing them until March anyway, so no, probably not then. That's the thing. Like, at what point the ships ship sail by now, isn't it? Well, you might have a point. It is the 8th. That's the thing. Well, I'm not doing it again, so it's staying in. Sorry. Ah, fair enough. Right, Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs> there we go. Did you uh, did you manage to catch any of the uh, the World Juniors? By any chance, I I caught half of one game, and it was the only game that mattered. It was that thrashing the Russians fed the Canadians, and I uh, I watched it with my old man of all people. Bloody hell! I know, fucking absolutely tiny. Yeah, it was good. It's good. Have you by any you by any chance converted the uh, the good man of the Lord? No, I think it's. I, I feel like we've covered this before. How like a lot of men of his generation, he'll watch any sport. I don't think he's. Oh yes, yes, good point. Yeah, he's not. He's not going to be uh, checking it out in uh, in highlights. I think his his only sort of casual sport that he watches that he's not hardcore dedicated to would be would be the NFL. But it's not going to dislodge the NFL as his uh, as his North American sport of choice. Yeah, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. He he, he shows an interest though. Like when we were watching that Canada Russia game, he was like, "You're asking about." What the score is, you know, which players are, are going to be good sort of thing. Oh, why is, why is that happening? X, Y, and Z. So, yeah, whether that was just humouring me in the moment or not. Maybe he's... Uh, <laughs> when, when Oh, he's my son. I know how to keep him happy. <laughs> yeah, I'm in his house for Christmas. I better better do it. But when, when BT Sport get the right stand, maybe we'll see. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe we will see. A couple of things, really. There was nothing too, too mind-blowing to take away from the tournament, I didn't think. It was a decent tournament for the LA Kings because uh, two of their prospects had a really good tournament. Samuel Fajamo was the top point scorer with 13 points. And uh, in the finals, the game-winning goal was scored by Akil Thomas with uh, with four minutes left in the game, which was a classic hockey story with a guy who nobody had spoken about the entire tournament and then pops up with the game winner. That, that was the um, the crashing net goal, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Jeez Louise, that was, that was, <laughs> that was proper Chris Crider-level net crashing, wasn't it? Jesus Christ. <laughs> and there we go. And there we have his first comparison. Akil Thomas, the new Chris Kreider. Yeah, I mean, as a man who knows effectively nothing about junior hockey, let alone Akil Thomas, from what I've seen, from from that one five-second highlight I've seen, he's effectively Chris Kreider. Barrett Hayton made some headlines, didn't he? As He, uh, he was the top-scoring Canadian player, but also chose not to remove his helmet during the Russian National Anthem, which uh, which did cause some friction. Uh, and I don't know if you saw in the handshake line, the uh, Russian players refused to shake his hand. And then was, one of them uh, went past and just pointed to his head and said, like, take off your fucking helmet next time. It was a proper John Terry Wade Bridge moment, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I was going to go for uh, Patrice Evra, uh, Luis Suarez. All right, all right. Which... I, I, I don't think it's quite of the same magnitude as, as racial abuse. Uh, well, he refused to take his helmet off for the Russian national anthem. Are we not saying that's not racist? I mean, come on now, fair's fair. I mean, if it was if it was for God Save the Queen, then yeah, but it's, uh, it's only the Russians, isn't it? 
I mean, if it was God Save the Queen, a bunch of Largalops would have rushed the ice and tried to chin him. Or, like, <laughs> stick the nut on him, didn't they? Because they're dicks. <laughs> Tommy Robinson, like, slipping all over the ice, <laughs> trying to lay him out. <laughs> People trying to throw Union Jack flags on is, like, some kind of moral support. <laughs> Cover him up. He's getting cold. Oh, you Tommy. <laughs> it was that was funny though. That was funny though. Just that, I, like I feel like a refusal and a handshake line is like the ultimate kind of shunning in hockey, isn't it? Oh <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think I think in in any like organised handshake line, if you mug someone up and don't shake their hand, that is such a such a cuss. It's so good, especially like hockey. I mean, like this playoff game was where players are literally trying to kill each other with sticks with the weapons in their hands. But after the game, a uh, good game, eh? Shake your hand. Shake his hand. But the Russians were like, no, this is the ultimate disrespect. No, I'm you. not shaking how, his hand. How dare you leave your lid on? People who were trying to defend him would say, oh, he, he must have just forgotten. A, no, he fucking didn't. Like, Yeah, there's no way. And, and if he did, what you're going <laughs> to... You're, you're glad that this player who's, you know, top Canadian prospects and all that is stupid enough to not be able to read a social situation and remember that he's meant to take his lid off. Like... <laughs> I mean, hockey IQ it is, is the what class... you need, but regular yeah, IQ true. would be quite useful anyway. Yeah, it's useful from time to time. It was the classic thing of Von cheering for these players and, you know, hooping and hollering when they're scoring goals, but the second one of them makes a mistake, it's, he's just a kid. He's just a kid. He's he doesn't know what he's boy. doing. He's he's just learned to walk on skates. And uh, oh, you, you can't blame him. You can't blame him. Barely like, nah, off of his mother's breast. How <laughs> yeah. could we expect the man to be able to remove a helmet from his head? Exactly, exactly. And then the last thing I, uh, I noticed, which was uh, quite funny, was Russian TV showed the live final, and for some reason, a different channel at the exact same time had the 2011 final on, which was when Russia won the World Juniors 5-3 after being 3-0 down, which caused a bit of confusion. There was football players posting messages saying well done to the team and all that kind of thing because they thought they'd won. Uh, I think the best one I saw was from Yana Tarasenko, who said that her husband was watching the game and only realised he was watching the wrong game when he saw himself on the ice, <laughs> which was great. <laughs> I feel like I that's a, fantastic. Such a beautiful Russian state-controlled media type thing, where it's like, yeah. well, we're, we're going to broadcast both these games at once so we win at least one of them. Yeah. <laughs> So if anyone asks tomorrow, say, yeah, we won the game yesterday, we got the gold, don't worry about it. I like the idea as well that Tarasenko was watching the game and he's like, wow, that winger's fucking awesome. Who is that guy? Who, who is that oh, number 10 oh, for Russia? Hang on. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh good looking young man. Yeah. <laughs> but that was Jeez it. Louise. That was all I got. Canada, of course, wins the game 3-1 down. Uh, wins the final, sorry, 3-1 down. Back to winning mm-hmm. the game 4-3. So thankfully, there is going to be no mass hysteria in Canada this time. Also, shout out Nils Hoglander for pulling the uh, the lacrosse Michigan Svechnikov move. Yes, absolutely. I think we should call it the Svechnikov. I do think that's fair now. I don't know. I don't know what to call him. Call it though, because he weren't the first one to do it. Yeah, I know, but he's popularised it. If you do it on the biggest stage, then that's it. Yeah, that you is own a, it now. Unfortunately, that's a good point. That's a good point. Until somebody does like a hat trick of them or something in a game in the cup <laughs> final, that's the that's how they're going to get it off him. <laughs> Yeah, well, so it's, it's going to be like a mantle that keeps passing from uh, from person to person. Yeah. Whoever does the best one gets uh, gets it named after him until someone out does him. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I like it. I like right. it. Should we move on with the show? Yeah, let's talk about real stuff.
Hey everybody, it's a new year, but it's that time of the week again. It is the smooth recap. Surprising news out of Montreal, as the Habs make a play on a basic deal for Russian money grabber Ilya Kovalchuk. Expect to see him at 4C soon, because we all know the Habs need lots more wingers. The Winter Classic in Dallas was a resounding success, with the event attracting a crowd of 85,630 fans from both teams, the second highest total for any outdoor game. However, the television ratings were the worst since the event's conception. Let's not worry about that though. Keith Yandel now owns fourth place solely on the NHL's Ironman streak, as he reaches his 831st consecutive game. There should be a sex joke here, but I couldn't think of one. Corey Perry is set to miss the star's upcoming road trip, as he's still in the process of walking back to the locker room following his game misconduct at the Cotton Bowl. Perry's five-game suspension will officially begin when he finally removes his gear. News in race relations out of the Big Apple, as Artemi Panarin, surprisingly, is the first Russian New York Rangers player to be selected ever to the All-Star game. The San Jose Sharks have become the first team in NHL history to score an empty net goal in the dying moments of the game, yet still manage to lose. I don't quite know if Pete DeBoer or Joe Pavelski can help with that level of bad juju. Old people living longer are putting a strain on resources all over the world. This is also being felt in the NHL, as crusty puck hoggers Zdeno Chara, Patrick Marlowe and Joe Thornton selfishly keep young men out of the game as they celebrate playing in four different decades. Patrick Laine is clearly over the hill after only scoring one goal on 13 shots against the Toronto this past week. You wouldn't catch Ovi shooting at 7.6%, that's for sure. Sexy confusion on Long Island. While during a game with the Islanders, referee Francis Charon is asked, Hey big boy, are you pleased to see me? It turns out he wasn't, and it was just a puck that Michael Dazotto had flipped perfectly into the ref's pocket. John fucking Hines. And that was your smooth recap. Okay, we'll get onto that in a bit. Did you see the Corey Perry? Meredith sent us this, uh, best friend of the show, Meredith Foster, sent us the uh, the gif of Corey Perry walking back to the locker room, but he had Squidward's footsteps overlap. Did you, did you hear that? And see oh, that? No. <laughs> I've, I've heard a few of it. I had the, uh, the one with the curb music on the back. <laughs> that was good. Any curb enthusiasm thing is always amazing. Just chuck that little that little tune over anything, and uh, it just instantly improves. We'll discuss some of these things in a bit, though. So let's move on. Uh, who's winning the cup for you this week? Well, the the Detroit Red Wings are going to win the cup, Dan, by oh. the uh, by the St. Louis Blues law. Okay, <laughs> rules are rules, mate. Rules are rules. They're last in the league on uh, on January third, so might as well give them the trophy now. Save us all a bit of time. That's right. It is Blues time of year, everybody. I expect to see the. Uh, that one team rocket up the standings any day now with the uh, with the goalie they suddenly find in the AHL. Who uh, who have you got winning? Winning the cup for me this week is the Washington Capitals. Not Ooh. only do they have the best record in hockey, but they played the San Jose Sharks, who scored an empty netter with one minute to go to take a commanding <laughs> 4-2 lead. Yet the Capitals storm back with two goals in the final minute and then find an OT winner. You know something like this is bad when the entire last portion of the game can be put in a Twitter clip and not have to like 
Yeah, you <laughs> don't have to do a th- thread. <laughs> you can gif the comeback. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. Jesus fucking Christ. Who's getting relegated? You're going to have to humour me for a little bit on this one, Dan, because I'm going to relegate the um, the video game Dragon Ball Fighter Z, the recent Dragon Ball Z fighting okay. game. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to relegate it for two reasons, Dan, and I'd like, I'd like to think that as a video game connoisseur as well, you're going you're gonna to appreciate it. So this I'm is indeed a connoisseur. So I got it for Christmas, because I am still actually yep. 13 years old, and the loading screens are offensively slow. I can't, I can't stress how much... How long these load times are, and I've got it on the switch, so it's off of a, off of like a solid state cartridge. So there's no excuse whatsoever in the year of 2020 to be having offensive loading screens. But the main reason I'm going to relegate it down is the menu system is one of these like interactive walking around a place, and you have to walk up to all the different sections to play. You have to go to the options to play the story oh, mode. Okay. And okay. I can't think of any other examples, but any game where the menus aren't just a fucking menu, get in the bin. I've got no time for it. Like, I don't want to dick about with your shitty little, shitty little sprite walking up to a, another shitty little sprite who says, oh, do you want to play the story mode? Yeah, I fucking do. Let me just... <laughs> let me... Like, what? Who? who is that serving? Who is that serving? It's not fucking on. Livid. Two things. Number one, I feel like that's a very Nintendo thing to do for some reason. I may be way off there. I don't know why. But when um, you said that, I just thought, oh yeah, that's that's really Nintendo. That I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, I suppose you get it with like the Mario games, don't you? Like an overworld where you pick all the different yeah. levels. I'll give you that, but at least then that's fundamentally like still the gameplay. If you know what I mean, like yeah, you're right. Like you're still you're doing right. the same sort of things, whereas this is just like a an old school fighting game. Um, and I feel I feel that the second my second point was yeah. that's like going to a restaurant and the waitress saying what would you like you then stand up walk to the kitchen <laughs> and have to like make it and say I want this <laughs> yeah. you have to go to all the different kitchens if you want right here's the start you have to go buy the ingredients what would you like from the start of the kitchen, kitchen. yeah yeah exactly it's it's infuriating it's absolutely infuriating that's so bizarre you think like in today's in today's fast pace, like you say, everything's like a, like a just a. It's meant to be a click away. The idea is, is like let's make this menu screen take even longer. It just seems very <sighs> counterproductive to me. And it's it's so like whenever I'm getting not frustrated, that's far too strong a, an emotion. But yeah, whenever I'm experiencing this delay through the through the loading screens, through the menus or whatever, it feels so silly because you think right, ten years ago or what, you know, fifteen years ago on the PS2 or whatever, this would have been part of the course but the fact is it's not it's not nowadays so it's you know it's a silly thing to to feel like it shouldn't happen but i i I would wager that i've spent more time on menus and loading screens on that game than i have actually playing the uh doing the fights (laughs) well i'm glad you're enjoying dragon ball z walking simulator then absolutely loving it mate absolutely loving it yeah Get relegated to me this week are the are the San Jose Sharks. Oh, Not really? Why is that? Record, but they played the Washington Capitals. They scored yeah. an empty netter with one minute to go to take a commanding 4-2 lead. Yet the Capitals stormed back with two goals in the final minute and, and then find an OT no. winner. No, they didn't. Yeah, I mean, the, the comeback was so quick. and You could even watch it on Twitter in one gif. It was amazing. Has that, has that ever happened before? I don't know, but fucking hell. <laughs> like, I can't... That's a... Uh, <laughs> I cannot yeah. believe that. Cannot. Oh, mate. 
This is beautiful. That's exactly what we need. That, that happened this year, didn't it? Happened this week. Yes, yes, it was that this is... week. It was bizarre because I was, you know, when the you know when the, uh, conf- they do like the confused dog face where it kind of looks at you confused and tilts its head to one side. Oh yeah. I I saw the gif on Twitter, and it showed the shark scrolling an empty netter. And I knew the right in my head. I knew the result. This was the day after, and I still was looking at it. Why are they showing this empty net for the sharks? I don't get it. <laughs> What's happening? Because <laughs> I, my brain just couldn't work out. Oh yeah, the Caps are going to come back with two goals in the last minute. Yeah, I, I know this to happen, but I still can't register that it's actually true. Starters and scratches. How many? I've got a true. Oh no, three starters and four scratches. Are a surprise late addition. Hell. To the scratches, the, the scratches. Oh, let's call it three because I'll combine two. Of you got them. lots. Have you got lots to get off your chest after Christmas? Fuck is that it, it? Mate, Fucking <laughs> out. Right. So first of all, the sprouts. Yeah, yeah. I've got three starters, and I've only got two scratches. But uh, it's uh, you go first, mate, on the starters. What do you got? Oh, thank you very much. I'm, I'm first going to start a chat called Fergus Butler Galley, who is a Twitter user. Don't know what he does. Haven't bothered to check, but check him out. Have you seen the uh, the map? That, uh, that he's posted this week, Dan. It's been doing the uh, dinner rounds. I haven't. I saw a map just before we came on the show, actually, which was they asked a, like, a load of Americans, where do you think Iran is on the map? Jesus fucking Christ. And it plotted where they thought it was, and only 20% got it right. Yeah, I always think of stuff like that. They blatantly ask people that they're... Kids. Not... Yeah, yeah, but all people that they know are likely not going to be able to find it. Yeah, yeah. Because you you don't want that to come out with like eighty five percent or something. And to, to be fair, if you if you showed me a a map of the world without um without the countries labelled on it, I might not get Iran right first time. I think I would, but I'd be close. But yeah, I wouldn't get it. Oh yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, I, I wouldn't be sure in I like get it exactly. I know whereabouts it is, but yeah, I wouldn't be in South America. I wouldn't choose like China. Yeah, but, some people uh, chose America. Oh, that's just that's a joke. <laughs> that's a joke. And stuff like that, you don't. I I could make a map, and I could I could do that and be like, yeah, only one in five thousand people know where England is. Who's gonna Who's gonna prove that I've done that properly? Anyone can fucking do that shit. Mister Butler Galley's map is rooted in fact, Dan. It's a map of the map of England specifically, okay. And it's split up into the uh, the diocese, so the, the Church of England diocese, the uh, the areas that have their own independent bishops. Yeah. And um, it's rated. It's got like a like a heat map style thing. It's like the darker the color, the closer this bishop is walking distance to Anando's. Oh. <laughs> so it's how I far. I did see that. All right. How long it would take a bishop that. to walk from his cathedral to Anando's? <laughs> and surprisingly, a large that. number of cathedrals are located in Anando's. It's true. It's beautiful. Doing well, God's work. That's a. Yeah, men of the cloth love a cheeky Nando's. As 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 evidenced by, uh, I've had a Nando's with my dad before going yeah. to the Arsenal. What more could you want? That's and there you go. You see, that's a fact we can prove. Fact on the show. Okay. Exactly, that's geographical fact, not just I've asked fifty bishops where Nando's is, and they've all said they're in around. Yeah, it's just over there, mate. I can see it from the. Uh, <laughs> <hot tower. laughs> mate, I'm, I'm in a Nando's. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Uh, my first starter this week is uh, from the Elmira Enforcers versus the Danbury Hattricks. Yes. The Federal Prospect Hockey League game, which was, I think it was last Friday night or the Friday before. Just hockey game, which seems normal. What wasn't normal was that one of the players was 55 years old and he was also the owner 
of one of the teams. Fucking yes. Uh, because of lots of injuries, the uh, Elmira owner, Robbie Nichols, played for the Enforcers 25 years after his last season of active professional play. Fantastic. Pick up your Bobby. Pick up your Robbie, whatever your name is. Yeah, Robbie Nichols. Robbie Shout Nichols. Uh, Robbie, Bobby, same difference. My second starter, Dan, is uh, is Mark Borowiecki. He's back. Mm. He's back and he's better than ever. Indeed. He's back for... Let me try and get the uh, the transcript of Mr. Borowiecki. Right, the quote is, my priority tonight... This is, this is a bit of an old one, so it's from the 21st of December, but I don't think we squeezed it into the last show. My priority tonight and for the rest of the year is not fighting. It's a contract year for me too. I'm currently making zero dollars next year. I want to be in the lineup and playing. I don't want to get hurt because of a fight. I have things to prove in this league, and my willingness to fight is not one of them. Big up your mark, what a mate. He's a, he's a good guy. Yep. Fast becoming probably the best NHLer that's ever played. He is. Did you? Oh, I see. See, I thought you were going to reference his. Um, I think it was. I think it was an Instagram post he made either yes, either today or yesterday. <sighs> no, and he showed him. He was doing his hockey stick up in pride tape. Oh, mate. Talking about you know you know it's um, it's all caps you know they were playing the Capitals he said it's all caps Pride Night I'm you know I'm proud to support people and you know all that kind of thing I was like fucking great this is the he is a superhero he is Borough Cop he's the guy we need he really is he really is and I'm I'm, I'm glad that he's I want to like him it's good yeah I think we should it is a British podcast Will as our two accents would indicate or maybe not depending on <laughs> maybe even the title of the podcast might give away the fact that it's a British thing exactly. We should talk about the royal family just quickly with the decision of Prince Harry and the angel, Princess Meghan, as I'm going to call her, deciding to split time between Britain and North America and to become financially independent, which I get it. They're in the royal family. It's kind of a, what's the word? Like, how could they not be kind of thing, you know? Well, well, I don't know. It depends what they mean by financially independent. If they mean like independent of the family wealth. I don't think I mean. Like, well, I'm guessing it means that uh, one of them signs one book deal, and that's them set for life. Yeah, exactly. They, they don't mean, oh, we're going to get off benefits. Like that's not what they're. <laughs> that's not what we're trying to trying to claim. Oh, we're going to stop claiming JSA. Megan's got to go back on the tills at Aldi. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. I want to see. I want to see bloody um, yeah, Harry stuck in shelves at, at Little or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I look. I think I've discussed it before, but I love Harry. Because he fucking he knows everything, and he just he can just do whatever the fuck he wants. Doesn't have to fuck around being the king. Doesn't have to go to all these bullshit meetings. He must have sat there one day, and just looked at his brother and just thought, "Oh, you poor bastard! I am never doing this ever, ever. I'm gonna find me a divorce woman. She's gonna be beautiful and sultry and mesmerizing, and I'm gonna marry her. And no one's gonna say shit to me. What what are they gonna say to him? What are they gonna say to him? He knows all the secrets. You just do it, and he's the first one who's got the balls to say, yeah, "I'm going to do whatever I want," and I'll see you later. I still, um, I still can't believe that he, he exists. Like that we're allowed to see him. How, how is such a blatantly illegitimate child of Princess Diana, like in the public eye? You know what I mean? I know. They should have thrown him down he's a well. Just... Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what, I, that's what you'd expect, <laughs> isn't it? If, if, if I'd have. If you'd have asked me to put money on, right, <laughs> the the generally disliked by the royal families, yeah, the the least favoured member of the royal family, internally has an illegitimate child who looks like an illegitimate child. How are they going to proceed? Will they let it? Will they <laughs> let him be in the public eye to the extent where he dresses up as a Nazi for a fancy dress party? 
or B, will they leave him at the top of a mountain to sacrifice to the <laughs> to like I don't know, fucking whoever. Yeah, I've gone with option B. Yeah, option B. <laughs> Eight days a week. But it's good. I'm yeah. I'm glad I'm glad he didn't get um eaten by that bear. Yeah, mister he didn't mysteriously get lost while backpacking in South America. <laughs> he wasn't <laughs> he wasn't riding in the passenger seat of a of a limousine driving through a tunnel in Paris. Yeah, exactly. He's great. It's it's true. Yeah, we're very. Just, we're... I mean, just, I just, I just can't imagine his life to just be so somebody of such public interest and to be so kind of out there in the eye of, of everybody, and everybody knows what the deepest, darkest secret is in your family. <laughs> like everybody knows it. And he couldn't you. look. He couldn't look more like James Hewitt. It's startling. Yes, yeah, it's. it's... <laughs> It's too bait, really, isn't it? Like <laughs> the other problem is the problem is is that Will looks so much like Charles, like he's literally turning into Charles as the years go on, and it's it, that's even worse because if neither of them looked like Charles, you'd be like, well, there's something skipped a generation somewhere or something, but no, Will's is just Charles, thirty four years ago, and Harry isn't in any way. Is James Hewitt thirty four years ago? Yeah, exactly. It's beautiful. And like I said before, I, I think she's a goddess. So there we are. Speaking of people that we love and uh, are, are deities of some form, my last starter is going to be Mikel Arteta for uh, reasons that don't need to be explained. I'm buying in, is all I'm going to say. You're bought in. You're back bought, in the game. I'm, I, I don't know about back in the game, but I like it. What well, I'm Mikel. I mean, you know, you're going to see the coaching tree thing in a few years, aren't you? But he's learned on the best, so... It's no bad thing he's been sat listening to Pep and Mancini and all those guys for the past ten years or whatever it is. That's the thing; there are worse people to be uh, to be listening to. Last start for me. I'm going to start a couple of things I I watched over Christmas. It's always good to have a little a little Netflix update. I think. Oh yeah. I watched. Well, I'll start with the worst thing first. I watched Dracula on the iPlayer. There were too many jokes in it. It's a bit too slapsticky for oh, yeah? me. I was expecting. Yeah, the first episode was very good. And they just went off the rails. It was too silly after that. Too many like one like witty one-liners. Oh, so Count Dracula, have you ever done this before? He's like, no, but I do have an appetite for learning. And I just expect to hear in the background canned laughter. And it's like, no, sorry. Do you know what it was? It was made by the people who made Sherlock, and you could. It was Sherlock with vampires. You could absolutely tell. But then that's not. That, there's got to be a market for that sort of thing, isn't there? Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure lots of people watched it because they were like, oh, it's the people who made Sherlock. But yeah, whatever. The next thing I watched was on Netflix, which was called The Messiah, which was excellent, <laughs> absolutely excellent. Was it um, really? I just I keep seeing like the thumbnails or like the banner with like Jesus who looks far too much like Jesus. It's like yeah, mate. Honest to God, watch it. It was excellent. Is, like, it, ju- is it just amazing. about? Is it just about Jesus? No, no. It's about no. It's about a. It's about a a man who claims to be a messenger from God, and he he leads. Um, He's sort of in the Middle East, and he starts leading people towards uh, from like from one country to another country, where there's like lots of racial tensions, lots of war. He ends up in America because people think he's some kind of prophet, or they think he's the Messiah, and people start to like buy into him. And the whole time, you never know: is he really like somebody special, or is he just really clever at tricking people? Is it just all? Because they they like they they reference magic tricks and stuff in the show. People will say like, "Well, I've seen people do magic tricks like this before." He's just doing a magic trick. It's just an illusion. Yet other people are buying into it because they want to buy into it and stuff like that. It's honestly 
mate, really good, really good. I was dead surprised. Well, well, I'll, I'll have to. I mean, I had no real intention of watching it, but I might give it a go. I might give it a go. I've just started Mad Men yep. yesterday, so ask me again in like oh, shit. No way. In like ten months, and I'll uh, I'll give it a go. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Christina Hendricks, by the way. I, I, I can't say anything on the, on record about that. Fantastic. I get what you're saying. And then the last thing I'll recommend was, uh, did you watch the documentary Don't Fuck With Cats on the Internet? No, no, I didn't. I saw the advert for it, but... All right. I don't want to do this to you, but do you remember when we reviewed... Um, oh, what was that thing we reviewed about the family? And that there was oh, a the, the paedophile. Um, what was it called? You know what I mean, though, don't you? The crown. <laughs> <laughs> Jim will fix it. <laughs> no, what's it called? Come on. Um, captured in plain sight. Abducted in plain sight. Okay. Abducted in plain sight. So you know we watched it and then did a little review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to do a review of Don't Fuck With Cats. Because, mate, it was fucking insane. I feel like you have to watch it because I just couldn't explain it to you. It's the it's um, it's it's like it's a captured in plain sight. Every it, two minutes, your jaw just goes what? It's, it's on that level, is it? What? It's what? No, it's not about them. It's not about them. It's about a whole new thing. No, no, but I mean, it's it's on that level of like yes craziness. It is fucking I, batshit crazy. I didn't get that from the trailer. I saw the trailer. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, it's about them hunting down like this the people doing whole two men one pickaxe or whatever and all that. Yeah. But it's really, it's really on that that level of, of mentalness. Yes, for sure, for sure. Excellent. All right, I'll I'll definitely give it a go then. Fantastic. Alrighty, there we go. That was my little recommendations for uh, watching things over Christmas. Three scratches, you say? Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's go for a, let's go for a trio. Go on then. You go first. So our first is going to be the one I'm going to combine. I'm going to scratch NBC and Premier Sports. Wow. NBC for their complete inability to. Show an effective replay. Uh, <laughs> specifically, there was a there was a moment in in the Winter Classic. Uh, Tyler Sagan came out of the box and then had a breakaway from it. I forget what happened before it, but they showed the thing that happened before his breakaway. And like, I think he hit the post on the breakaway or something like that. And it was one where I was supposed to be like, "Oh, I need to see a replay of that to find out what exactly happened." And then they just showed some innate like I don't know, like a fucking attempted cross crease pass on the power play on the other end. I'm scratching Premier Sports for um, having worse video quality than an illegal stream, despite costing me <laughs> £12 to watch the Winter Classic on my television rather than my mobile phone. Oh, fantastic. Because, like, I, I, just, I, I don't understand how that happens. <laughs> yeah, me neither, me neither. Who's to say? Who are you, uh, who are you scratching? I guess... Oh, God. I was going to say, I, I guess because BT Sport and Sky have got all the best cables or something. I don't know how it works, but maybe that's the thing. What, whatever's happening, I'm starting to think now that it's not Premier Sports that are bugging us off. Premier Sports are getting bugged off by whoever's supplying them the NBC feeds. Yes, exactly. Because like, cause exactly, all they're doing is streaming the NBC Sport feed. And if some geezer who's illegally streaming it on bloody kissport.ru or whatever can get it in 1080p 60 fps he's he's not going to be having the same sort of funding put into that that Premier Sports potentially could it's, yeah, uh, there's some guy in the crowd who could have filmed it better than Premier oh, Sports could absolute joke but <laughs> but there you go my first scratch is the, the Winnipeg Jets have a, a goalie prospect called uh, Mikhail Bedin he's currently playing for the Manitoba Moose 
and they had a game against the San Antonio Rampage. For some reason, and this guy is a bit of a character, uh, on a penalty kill, he caught the puck in his glove and they decided for some reason to try and drop kick it, which was hilarious until a San Antonio Rampage <laughs> until a San Antonio Rampage player came in from the other side and he had his head sliced off. The attempted drop kick was funny, but skates near necks are quite scary. It's not a goalie's fault though, is it? I mean, yeah. Have you seen this have you seen this clip? Yeah, yeah, I have. I'd completely forgotten it happened. But it's um, fucking terrifying. Oh yeah, really scary. But then that's what you get when you were crashing the net. Like it's a dangerous place to be, they mate. Weren't, they weren't crashing the net. They were skating towards the net. They weren't crashing it. It wasn't like a big scrum. It's the same difference. If you're getting towards the net, like you should expect to have a an eight inch <laughs> skate blade up near your neck. Near your jugular. <laughs> yeah, if he was that worried about having his neck sliced open, he'd wear like a, a Wayne Gretzky turtleneck sort of thing. Let's say it's 50-50 then. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's basically a 50-50 challenge. Yeah. Uh, what's your next one? My number two is um, the NHL's media crew. Uh, who, whoever they're referencing when you see a video clip saying an NHL original production, whoever's behind that, you're getting scratched for featuring... Austin Watson on the uh, on the road to the Winter Classic documentary. Like Jesus fucking Christ, mate. There's yeah, that was a bold move. That was a fucking dumb move. Like there's forty four players involved, forty four players and and what another ten coaches or so involved across the two teams who you could feature in your little documentary. Don't feature the one who is a domestic abuser. It's pretty pretty simple, really. I'd have thought, and especially where like so there's a little feature on him and his his girlfriend and their, their son and it definitely has has an air of see they're all a happy family he he would never commit uh you know domestic abuse no look they're all happy and they love each other you would think right even if even if reports came out that you know it was all 50 50 or i know it didn't by the way i'm just saying like you know yeah. devil's advocate even if reports came out that there was nothing to it and you know whatever blah 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 there's nothing to it you would think that somebody would still say let's just leave him off because it's just it just doesn't look good do you know what i mean and like you say the fact he's on there it looks like they're trying to almost kind of force issue too much yeah definitely like there's no like worst case scenario it looks like you're trying to cover up for him and there isn't a best case scenario you're, yeah you're either doing that or you're just featuring a domestic abuser in, in your you know effectively promoting his actions like it's Baffling, baffling. Uh, well, no, not really that baffling. Actually, it's just another bit of evidence of how short-sighted the NHL is at large. How would you follow on from that? <laughs> yeah, what, what can you do? What can you do? What can you do? Let's just move on to the next thing. Uh, my final scratch is the, the Tampa Bay Lightning for being party poopers and for stopping Svechnikov trying his own move as he was behind the net, tried to flick it in, and uh, Tampa had a game plan and denied him. They were. One player was on the post and just simply hacked to his stick very hard. And the puck just flew away. So, boo them for stopping fun. You've got to get men on the post, Dad. You should, you should know this. I want to, I want to see teams... You should have a man on the line. I want to see teams um, lining up like they're trying to defend a corner when uh, a yeah, <laughs> goes kick. behind the net. Yeah. <laughs> just quickly as well, just quickly. I would say the Lightning have found their groove, haven't they? <laughs> I think they're getting there, slowly but surely. Yeah. Fucking eight wins in a row. And then there was a poll last night on NHR.com, which was, 
it's you know tonight's the first time in 20 years or something stupid that two teams have won seven games in a row who have you got and it was Canucks or Lightning <laughs> and it was like fucking and it, Canucks won the vote they had like 60% of the vote or something like that and I thought that's gonna be, and I, I just thought the, the Lightning would edge it which they did 9-2 so. <laughs> close yeah. close fought game close fought yeah, game close enough in the end fucking 9-2 Jesus Christ alive well speaking of um, of idiots based in Western Canada, Dan, my last scratch of the week is going to be none other than David Staples, who uh, earlier today was, uh, he sent out a tweet, sorry, yesterday sent out a tweet saying, when I think of Gifted, I think of Or, Lemieux, Morenz, Karlamov and McDavid. Darn good company. He was um, queried by a Twitter user how often he had seen Howie Morenz, the late Howie Morenz. Staples claimed he'd seen him 15 or 20 times. The, uh, the the issue with that, Dan, is Howie Morenz died in 1937. <laughs> now, now, hear me out. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> is it possible, I'm just going to put this out there, is it possible David Staples has mastered quantum physics and has a time machine somewhere in his apartment? I mean, to be fair, I don't know how old David Staples is. Exactly. Or maybe he just does a really good skincare routine. It's, it's, it's possible. It's possible that... Is yeah, he 140 he was, years old? You know? I mean, cool, that'd be impressive. Even, yeah, what, 83 years ago, Moren's died. Maybe he just means that uh, he's he's 85. And when he was a one-year-old, his parents took him to see Moren's in, in the last season. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Even then, I feel like that's a bit of an outlandish claim to say you've actually seen him. Because even that number of times in a year, you wouldn't necessarily retain that information. As a as a ban, fair play, it's true though. I mean, yeah. So what? Okay, so there we go then. David Staples, quantum physics master, fabulous skincare routiner, Count Dracula. It's one of the three. Dragon Dracula can go to so so vampires can't go out during the day, yeah. They can. They just can't be in sunlight, which makes it very difficult for them to go out in the day. Okay, they yeah, can't yeah. be out in okay, the day. So they just can't be. They can't be exposed to direct sunlight. Can't be exposed to sunlight. Like oh what? No. And and this was. Vampires were sort of first. They're traditionally kind of not medieval, but you know they're a bit old school. They're a bit gas lampy era, isn't it? Yes, yes. With today's modern lighting, Dan, <laughs> say say you take an NHL arena, <laughs> would would a vampire be With able UV to lights. go out? Yeah, yeah. Like at what level? There's got to be somewhere in the world that is close enough to sunlight, replicating sunlight, that it would be bad for a vampire to be in. I mean, I guess so, but maybe maybe they'd adapt. Evolution. <laughs> if they could adapt, Dan, they'd have adapted to bloody sunlight. That's what I'm saying, though. Maybe the new, maybe the newer vampires are just walking around out there. They have to wear lots of sunscreen, but they're a bit further on. They're a bit further, you know, evolution. Your 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 Pattinsons, your your what, uh, your Cullen families. <laughs> your Wesley Snipes. He was yeah. a was, was was Wesley a daywalker? Is Blade a daywalker? Well, he wasn't. That was the yeah, that was the point of Blade. He was a daywalker because his mum was a human. I don't know about any point of Blade, really. Yeah, he was a daywalker. He could go out and about. He was yeah, fine. Fair play. But then when you're a vampire hunter, you don't necessarily need to... Really, you don't want to be a daywalker because you want to be forced into a nocturnal pattern so you're not tired when you're going out. I mean, that's a good vampire point. I mean, hunter. what does being a daywalker... How does being a daywalker benefit Blade in any way? It doesn't. It just means he can... Because the things he hunts can't go out in the daytime anyway. It just means he can go to the shops at a normal time and not have to go to, like, Asda <laughs> at two in the morning and... <laughs> You know how weird it is when you go to a supermarket. While he's not, yeah. 
while he's not killing a horde, he's not thinking, oh, fuck, I better get bread. Shit. Jesus Forgot. Christ. I've got, get, I've got to stop in the shop on the way home. Because, <laughs> you, know, you know, it's always I always weird. Thought it was... When you it's, oh, sorry, when you when you're in like a twenty four hour Tesco or something, you're in there at like midnight and you you're getting more beers or more snacks or whatever it might be, and you see some geezer doing his full weekly shop with like a massive loaded trolley. You're like, oh, it's terrifying. What, what those you, guys are scary. What are you I, doing, I'm you so scared of those people. Mutant, innit? Like you know they've killed yeah. someone. <laughs> you fucking like what? I better reason? go out and do a shop so I look normal. <laughs> this is a regular human thing to do. <laughs> there's like a body in his fridge he's like shit what would a normal person do right now at midnight on a Wednesday I've got the shops <laughs> that'll that'll keep him off my back they'll never suspect <laughs> a thing this is my alibi <laughs> I couldn't have murdered him I was buying cat food I've got the receipt <laughs> god he'd be my prime suspect what? anybody shopping at a supermarket at one o'clock in the morning it's pre-crime like without question, there's no doubt about it. Absolute pre crime. Any anything as as get called, gets called in, you're like, right? I know we're questioning first. Yeah, <laughs> it's that fucking local weirdo does your shopping at one o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday. Oh dear you me! All right, are you done? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm done. I don't, I don't like the okay. I've got, I don't wait, like the you said like, like maybe you had. <laughs> You said maybe you had four scratches. I can't remember if it was like if you settled on three or there was a fourth well, I, one. I was going to give NPC and Premier Sports their own plinth to be ranting about, but now I thought oh, I see, I see. I'd bring them under a, under a, a broadcasting umbrella. Don't forget, everybody, we are on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and on the Tannoys at your favourite railway station. While you are on the train wondering what the hell happened to your life, then please log into iTunes and drop a snappy five-star review, you magnificent bastards. You can also... Donate to the show at Red Circle. And should you choose to do so, I could probably afford to pay my rent. Let's go on to the news, which, as always, is brought to you by Wave Intel. Will, do you like lines? Uh, yeah, I love a good line. <laughs> do you like numbers? Num- what, jersey numbers? Yeah, I love jersey numbers. Do you like colours? Some, yeah. If, like Will, you answered yes to all three of those questions above, then ho- head over to Wave Intel or check out Wave Intel on Twitter for easy-to-read NHL team comparisons with the versus model and the player versus model. If you'd like to avoid fist fighting your friends like Montreal fans over a hot dog, then do check out Wave Intel, which is being smart so you don't have to be. Okie dokie. As mentioned in the smooth recap, with three words, John fucking Hines. I'm gonna little I'm gonna take a, a tiny little victory lap here, Will. It is as it is the blue season, there's still time for things to turn around. But we both did say at the start of the season we had the Preds as our surprise team to struggle. And the best of the Christmas show proved we are geniuses at predicting the future. And as of yesterday, the Preds aren't very good, and Peter Laviolette is out. This goes back to our playoff exit in you know the playoffs last year to be very bottom bottom line. It goes to our our meetings in the off season with players and and coaches. Last year, all we talked about in these meetings was how bad our power play was and bang we get off to a great start eight and three scoring power plays playing playing well it seemed to just kind of unravel a, a bit at that time so again we worked on different things but then we lost with five or six games in a row pittsburgh games were really disappointing uh the winter classic was somewhat devastating uh, on the national s- stage i mean it's a combination of a lot of things so it's just felt that we just were not going to turn the, the, the corner. I would like to have been happy to work with Peter and Kevin for a lot lot longer. I'm 
it's not them. It may be a little part of them. It's not them. It's our players. They have to make up their mind to play the way they 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 can. Your thoughts, Will? What? Why are you? In what world is John Hines going to be a better coach than Peter Laviolette? I like. I, I get. I get that you sort of have to. You can't just formulate an opinion on on a coach or a player based on how they were used by a different team. But like to an extent, this geese has been fired this season from a bad team who have nothing to lose by keeping him. Really, if he was that good of a coach, they'd keep him around for next year. And the, the, you know, a, a team that sees the an organisation that had him as a coach and sees him operating every single day. And yeah, I don't. I don't get it. Unless you truly think that it was just an inappropriate system for the players that Hines had, which in some ways, yeah, if you think that system is going to work for the players that you have, fair enough. But that's not a ringing endorsement if you just think that oh, he wasn't implementing an appropriate system. You know what I mean? That's just showing his inflexibility. I agree. It's. I did put this on Twitter, but it's interesting that the Preds fired their coach because the goalies couldn't make a save, and then they hired the coach who was fired because his goalies couldn't make a save. Yeah, it's, I, I, um, just... I, don't, I don't think um, UC Soros is necessarily going to help uh, help John Hines reclaim his reputation. Yeah, I, 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 I checked. Uh, combined, Pecorino and UC Soros are all strengths are a combined 893 save percentage this season. It's not good. It's not a good situation. Their um, their goal saved above average is not very good either. So for all goalies that have played five hundred minutes at five on five at least this season, Yusisaros is only saving more goals above average than um, famous famous all star goalies Martin Jones, uh, Sergei Bobrovsky, Mike Smith, no way. Matt Murray, and Jimmy Howard. Um, he's uh, he's worse than every single other goalie in that regard. Yeah, not ideal, not ideal. Pecorino's doing all right in that in that category. Not great. I think he's twentieth in the league <laughs> out of out of fifty nine. Yeah, yeah. Eustorus isn't going to be isn't going to be having a renaissance under John Hines. I don't think. You know why he got the job, don't you? Because he had a job previously. Because he's friends with Jeff Keelty. An AGM who works with the Preds, and they were roommates together at college. Really? Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Did you not know that? No, I don't even know who Jeff Kilty is. Well, I didn't until he, he's the, four uh, seconds ago. Yeah, he's, he, he does, <laughs> he's the um, he's he, director of player. He's a director of player personnel. Did he take Paul Fenton's job when Paul Fenton left? <laughs> and yeah, they were roommates at college. I, again, somebody. This was on. I pulled this from Twitter somewhere. That's why he's got. That's why he's got the job. Yeah, of course. And, of course it is. And like... Live was fired, and it was the day after. So it wasn't a big, long interview process. It wasn't like people flying in from all across the country. Oh, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? No, it was just, oh, we've already got the guy. Get Pete out. Get John in. Bish, yeah. bash, bash. Jobs are good. It's, it's like they fired Peter Laviolette to hire John Hines. Yeah, it is. Almost like, shit, this guy's out there. We better get him quick before someone else snaps him up. And it's with... with... With him being a retread and like such a, a an immediate retread, it's not like he's one of these really established coaches like your Babcocks or now your Laviolettes or whatever. He he's not exactly had a lot of New Jersey was his first head coaching job, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he wasn't. I mean, I wouldn't have said he was an awful coach necessarily, but proves in the pudding, isn't it? It's a very it's a very odd hire, and 
you know what? In some ways, it was an odd firing because I watched some of the press conference, and Poyle said in his press conference, well, it goes back to uh, this past postseason, which begged the question, why, why didn't you fire Peter Lavilla after the postseason then? Oh, standard procedure. Standard procedure. They, I, I think it boils down to the Winter Classic. If they win the Winter Classic, he's still Lavilla still has his job. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, he, Poyle mentioned in the press conference that it was. A, they, he said that they were. I think he's an embarrassed. Yeah, he did say on a, on a national scale. On That's a national a, scale, and and that is it. Like if you're having a bad enough season, and then you're in a mark like the highest profile event your franchise has ever been in, and you get mugged off by by a team who loses a skater within the first three minutes. That's enough to piss anyone off. I, I will say as well. Did you see Paul at the press conference while he was discussing Lavulette? No. I mean, he looked. He looked like Paul looked like he was appealing for information on his missing kid. I mean, he couldn't have looked more depressed, despondent. I genuinely thought. I genuinely thought at one point he was going to cry. I, I, he seemed to. I mean, I kind of get it. I mean, you know, like Peter Lavilette's got to be the most. Yeah, he's the most successful Predators coach ever. I mean, they've got they've got banners in the rafters because of Peter Lavilette. So. Christ. And, and isn't he? He's the first coach that Lavillette's fired mid-season, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, the first, yeah, the first one that Paul's got rid of mid-season. When you've got all that money invested in that team for what is supposedly a good team, <laughs> you want to see some returns. Like I said, supposedly, you know, supposedly you, uh, a good team. You want to see some returns, don't you? You know, he should be fired mid-season. <laughs> Go you on, know, you know, he it. should. David Poyle. <laughs> I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say Matt Duchesne because he's now cursing another team. <laughs> Well, I know you, what can you do? You can't, you can't fire all the players. If you're going to fire all the players, then who are you going to fire Matt Duchesne? You just fire one. <laughs> you just fire one player. You can't trade Matt Duchesne, though. That'd be, that'd be impossible. It's not going to happen again. No, it's true. I know, yeah. Not for, not for, fool me once. Shame on you, Dan. <laughs> fool, fool me for the seventh. Fool time. me four times. <laughs> Shame on you, Matt fool Duchesne. Me, fool me for the fourth time with another first round pick. Shame <laughs> on me. <laughs> 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 one last thing. One last go thing. On, go on. This. Go on. Here's the issue we've got. Are we really, are we really going to poo-poo this higher after what happened to the Blues last year? Oh, after don't we came know. on here last Fucking year and spent ten it. minutes laughing at Craig Berube. <laughs> Craig Berube, will I remember that episode vividly? I do. I've, I wake up in cold sweats about it regularly. <laughs> can we really? Can we really poo-poo this higher? We can poo-poo whatever we want. We just. <laughs> We just run the risk fair, more than ever of making ourselves like utter idiots. <laughs> but but Craig Brube didn't get fired that season. <laughs> if that makes it any better, I don't, I don't know if it does. But cool. maybe it does. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it might it might come back to to haunt us. But then then the Predators don't have as good a squad as um, as the Blues did last season. Do yeah exactly yeah do the Preds do the Preds have a surprisingly good goalie just wandering around the, NA- the AHL doing fuck all right now? No, not around the AHL, but they do have two good goalies in the NHL that should be better than they are. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, to be fair, they have two good goalies right there. Who just aren't, but the, but the difference is like they're not. It's not like Jake Allen started saving anything last season, was it? It, it relied on true. Binnington coming in, so I yeah, don't true. think it's the same. We've seen what we're going to see from from Rene and Saras this year. Yeah, good point, good point. Just as a little aside before we get on to other NHL-related yeah. news things, I just I just want to complain openly about the fact that you're not a Star Wars fan, Dan, because there are Why? fantastic comparisons between the most recent trilogy, 
of Star Wars films and how they were made. And uh, I believe the uh, the Edmonton Oilers under Pete Chiarelli. Is it they were both painful to watch? Uh, no, it's more more the idea of so, so you had two different directors for the three films, and the the one made the first film, then the second one came in and made the second one as like a response to the first film because he didn't like what was said, and then the first one came back in and made another film that was effectively rewriting what happened in the second film because he didn't like what that one said. For sake. So it was Jesus. it's just like a like a why would you let them do that and why would you let Picciarelli sign Miko Koskinen for, for three years at four and a half mil <laughs> and then fire him. <laughs> there you go. That's, uh, the my, that's my bit. I feel like we could have done 40 minutes on that if you're a Star Wars fan, but there we go. Wasted content. Yeah, sorry. Wasted content. What did you think? Uh, there was some uh, a little uh, a little John Tortorella press conference that got a bit of steam <laughs> over the holidays. What do you think we, about? Can we call him little John Tortorella forever? <laughs> the whistle is blown at 19.2 on the clock for some reason the clock has run down a second and a tenth to 18.1 for whatever reason i have no idea so instead of resetting the clock we have them tell our captain we're not going to do it toronto doesn't step in refs don't do their freaking job and now we lose the game and we lose our goalie so the chain of events if it was done right we don't lose our goalie, we win the hockey game. So all this god technology, right? The technology and getting things right, the stubbornness tonight by the officials and by the league and Toronto, however it's supposed to work, screws us. It's ridiculous. I'm not taking any god <laughs> no, I'm scared. Of just I'm scared he'll book a flight, come over and try and fight me. He would do that <laughs> kind of thing. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, I like in any sport, like you're not allowed to talk shit about the refs, but fuck the refs. You know what I mean? Like we should be allowed to, coaches should be allowed to talk shit about the refs. Twenty five grand, he got fined for fair play. I, th- I think he's right. Well, no, it's it's was it twenty grand and then a conditional another twenty five grand if he oh, does it, it again? Oh, I was thought it, it was going to be bumped up to. Oh, okay, All right, no, yeah, no. Oh, so, so it so could be forty five all in 45. if he does it again. Fair enough, you can find him because that's just how it is. But do you not think it's? Do you not think he's a little bit right? Yeah, I do, completely. Especially when the chain like, of events did. The chain of events really just fucked them over. Do you yeah. know what happened with the chain of events? Yeah. So there was what like I, I don't know what the times were like nine seconds. There should have been nine on the clock, and it turned seven point eight or whatever it was. Yeah, there should have been an extra one point one seconds on the clock. Yeah, and then Chicago took a penalty. And then in that time, they, then they score. <laughs> Yeah, and the Blue Jackets score 0.2 seconds after the buzzer goes, and then in the shootout, their goalie got injured. So it's the it's the uh, cause and effect. And and like I get that, yeah, the whole cause and effect thing of oh well, if they if they'd had that time on, then the chain of events wouldn't have happened as they did. But fucking, let's not get too quantum physics on it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this did happen after the goalie got injured in the shootout when they wouldn't have. Obviously, you can't just go around saying what you want without repercussions because it's a private business at the end of the day and your bosses can reprimand you for for libeling effectively your colleagues. Um, but still, free, free John Tortorella's money. <laughs> Hashtag free little John. Are you, yeah, little John. Are you aware of, uh, are you aware of Chad Ochocinco, former NFL player? Yeah, 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 yeah. Number, number 86. Yes. No. 
Yeah, 85. Wait, 85, yeah. 85. <laughs> didn't, he, didn't he change his name to something else? Yeah, his name's Chad Johnson. Oh, yeah. He changed, he changed Chad Ocho Sanko. That's a good, good last name, though. It's fantastic. So what he used to do was he would amass loads of fines every year in the NFL because he would always do wacky celebrations. So he'd, um, he'd hide things in the end zone. He'd take... Little the little orange pylons off and do stuff with them. You know you weren't allowed to do that when he was playing. So he'd always get fined for excessively celebrating. So what he would do every year, he would just put loads of money aside for fines and then get his money's worth. And that's what Torch should do. He should just go to the NHL head office with a fucking bucket full of pennies, like a hundred thousand dollars worth of pennies, and just say right. Yeah, just just be like right here's <laughs> like budgeting. Right, I've got. Yeah, I've got hundred grand's worth of fines I can get this year. <laughs> what can I do? To because imagine, that? right? Imagine if he gets to imagine if he gets to like four games for the end of the regular season and he's not been fined. He's thinking, well, the money's already there. I may as well get a hundred grand's worth. <laughs> Could you imagine that press conference? Just <laughs> grab, grabs the mic and like, Gary Bettman is a fucking etc. <laughs> etc. Et <laughs> like flips the podium, rips down the curtain. This is bullshit. Poor, poor torts. Free torts. Free, free torts. Free torts, spare torts is money. I thought this was America, Dad. This is. A... <laughs> that's a good reference because it's one of my favourite episodes ever. That's such a good one. Why is it from? Oh, sorry. I can never remember. This is America. I thought this... Oh, South yeah, Park. yeah, of course it is. Course it's the, little, the kid's playing Little League and he has to with fight a, that other with dad. That dad. He gets arrested. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I thought, I thought this was America. Was America. <laughs> <laughs> uh, An interesting little stat uh, posted over Christmas break was. Games with a time on ice of over 31 minutes this season. The entire NHL combined has three players that have done this. Are they once all, each. Oh, it's not all Thomas Shabbat. And no, and Thomas Shabbat has four on his own. <sighs> yeah, that's crazy. Are you of the it? school of... Yeah, I was going to say, this is the kind of the question. Are you of the school of thinking that you should just ride these young players into the ground, pardon the expression, Boy. or should you preserve them? I'll fucking kill him, kill him till the wheels fall off, Dad. Till the wheels fall off. Like you can, you're just a piece of meat. Yeah, Get yeah, out you're just a fucking tool to me, boy. Like it just, it just depends, doesn't it? If you can do it, then play it. You know, like back in the day, like you got a lot of players playing like close to forty minutes a night. Like Sergei Zubov used to play almost forty minutes a night, and he was fucking. Smashing a twenty pack and Barbara at the break and stuff like that. <laughs> if if they've got the engine to do it and they're and they're good enough to play, I'm not saying I'm not saying like oh if Ross Johnson just so happens to have really good stamina and playing for forty minutes a night like that, nah, it's there's got to be a it's got to be worth playing him. But um, I wouldn't say you need to rest people, do you? There's not overwhelming. Do you know, like that a team like the Sens who are like why why would you why would you play him that much? I get it. Every team wants to be competitive. But let's be honest right now, this season, Sens, not competitive. T- is, Why would you... Is Thomas Chabot still developing, though? I would say so. Yeah. So so does it not behoove the Sens to get him more and more experience? Uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe you're right. Well, I was thinking like... more long, like longer-term susceptibility to injury, that kind of thing. Yeah, true. But again, then that comes down to the sports science of it. If they... If they st- yeah, true. If they believe enough that he is suited to playing these kinds of minutes without risk, then go for it. But if you've not got that information, then don't. I suppose, like you look, I mean, it can be done. I'm thinking about 
I can't remember which player from it was, but the Blackhawks, Duncan Keith was averaging like 34 minutes a game in the playoffs since like when they oh, won the cup. So, that'd be the yeah. one where they had, um, they just played their top four, didn't they? Basically, because yeah. their, their bottom pair was like Kimo Timonen and um, Michael Roosevelt, I think. Ooh, could be a good shout. And Timonen averaged like eight minutes a night. Yeah. <laughs> ah, the good old days. I think that was 2015 against the Lightning, if memory serves. Yeah, I'll take your word for it. I mean, yeah, just a little interesting, a little wrinkle. It's good, I like that. Good, good on Thomas Shabbat. I'm looking forward to him having to retire with severe arthritis at age 28. <laughs> then then we'll know. That's a, ask ask me though. again. Ask me again in five years, Dan. We'll come back in five years and go, ah, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have played him 58 minutes a night in 2020. <laughs> Do you want to quickly, quickly go over the Winter Classic? Your thoughts as a as the to the victor go the spoils well. Thank you very much. I played very well. Um, feels like a... I mean, Corey Perry should be banned from the league, but that's you know whatever. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. but he's never tried to hurt anyone, Dan. He's never tried to hurt anyone. No, of course, of course. And and how how could it have been his fault when he was so late to the play? How could you, <laughs> <laughs> dude? Fucking the only thing I've written down about the Winter Classics. The only thing I've written about the Winter Classic was I wrote in bold Winter Classic and then under it Rick Bonus stupid takes, which was we felt we had to win the game for Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell! True victim. Free toss. Free. Free Corey Perry. Free Corey Perry. <laughs> the, I, How I, dare I, Ryan Ellis try and break Corey Perry's elbow with his chin? <laughs> I'll tell you though, I I like the hit to be honest. You fucking savage. It got me really excited to watch uh, the new John Wick film, which is now on uh, on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I just, mate, like what, what? What can you fucking say? I know. Like what the fuck? What the fucking fuck? Five. It's it's not one of these suspensions because he's got five games for it. Where it's like, I'm I'm glad he didn't get. To, I was expecting two or three. But five still definitely ain't fucking enough. He elbowed the geezer in the head at 30 miles an hour. <laughs> what the fuck? What the actual fuck? Because, like, you get these elbows that are like, oh, it's just a high hit and he's wrenched his elbow, which is bad enough. Corey Perry's, like, three feet in front of Ryan Ellis and sticks his fucking <laughs> lanky elbow out and just tries to fucking kill him. It's... I had it on the. Uh, I was watching it on my PC, so it, it, I, the hit happened, and at that point, my daughter wanted me to help her do something, or she was doing a, a drawing game or something. So she's like, "Oh, can you come and help me?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." And as I see Corey Perry going to the box, I just said out loud, "Really? Damn, got away with one there." And then I'm doing something like I'm drawing with my daughter. Then I look up, and he's walking like down the long walk to the dressing room, and I went, oh, "Okay, okay," and he checked it obviously because that was heinous. I kind of wish that in the Winter Classic had been in Nashville now, just so you could see him like absolutely pelted with pennies as he walks <laughs> for 20 minutes back to the dressing room. People throwing catfish at him. <laughs> the, the beautiful thing with that walk as well was <laughs> apparently like, because you know, he had to walk like across the field to get to like the, yeah. open it to the tunnel. Apparently, once you get to the tunnel, it's like another 15 minute walk to the dressing room as well. No way! <laughs> apparently, yeah, that's why the goalies were getting like, um, we're on, oh, the, the on the on the oh, yeah the buggies and the golf carts and that oh, 
What a fucking prick. But yeah, I thought I thought, I thought it was good. Did you? What did you think as neutral? I enjoyed it. I thought. It was, I mean, yeah. To be fair, as a neutral, it had everything. It had chaos early on. You know, like five on three power plays in like the, f- the first five minutes, which is not something you see all the time. Game misconducts, which was obviously exciting for a neutral to watch, and then uh, a great comeback as well. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was excellent. Fucking what more could you want? Yeah, I, I, I thought it was good. It was nice. It looked nice on telly as well. Like it was a really cool, cool venue. I thought um, it was. It's a... I'm sure. I'm sure. Me, you, and the 17 other people who watched it really enjoyed it. Mate, like the, the part of the problem with that is like the the ratings have been steadily declining over the years anyway. Yeah. So in some ways, it's a bit disingenuous to to really call out this year's edition. As, as being so piss poor because we were sort of heading towards that anyway. Let me just... Yes, I agree. I'll just have a, a quick little confirmation of that. Uh, there was a slight uptick last year, but yeah. Since 2014, we've gone from 4.4 million to 3.47, 2.8, 2.6, 2.5, then back up to 2.9, and yeah, bit of a big drop down to 1.96, but... Jeez Louise. And um yeah, putting Minnesota in it next year is really gonna help. Really gonna Oof. help. Yeah. Oh dear. Who do you reckon it's gonna be? Who do you reckon they're gonna play then? The Blackhawks. It's got it's gonna be the Blackhawks, right? It can't be the Blackhawks though, can it? Right. If they look at that rating this year and then they put Minnesota in it, if the unless it's purely unless at this point you're purely doing it just because it's that time of year and fuck it, we have to do it. I mean, who else would you put in? Seriously. That, that's the it, it, it's got to be that you know it's got to be somebody like it's got to be somebody who they're gonna who fans are gonna go oh them again I mean it's like maybe the Bruins I'm serious fans would go oh, f- f- fucking Boston again but you're gonna have to because that because if they put them in against I don't know pick a team it, it's it's Minnesota already yeah. it's not it's not good nothing against the Wild but you know oh yeah they're not they're not gonna pull it are they no and it is it is a problem. Like it's it's a fundamental problem with the the event itself, where you're taking out most of the television viewership by having more seats available at the arena. You know what I mean? Like you've got fucking eighty five thousand stars and Preds fans in the stadium. Of course, that's going to take a hit because nobody really wants to watch. Yeah, I'm, I'm I try and watch the Winter Classic, but I'm never that fussed about it. Apart from this year, and like who's same with like. Obviously, I like, I like to try and watch the playoffs as much of the playoffs as I can, but I'm not that invested once the stars get knocked out or if they don't make it, you know what I mean? And, and that's part of the course around the league. It's very much a league of, I'll watch my team, and if someone else is playing, maybe I'll tune in if it's convenient for me. Yeah, I agree. I agree so, completely. Because it's, yeah, it's that kind of thing where there's 82 games a season for 31 teams. Yeah, even, you're even if you're at... only watching your team, that's so much hockey. Yeah, you, exactly. You get fatigue if you try to watch any other teams as well. It takes me. Yeah, if, if you're if you're a diehard fan and you watch every game, even on TV, even if you're not going to games at the arenas, if you're a diehard fan and you're watching every game in that season, why are you going to try and cram in an extra fifty games if it doesn't involve your team? You're not going to care. And it's it's like there's no element of uh, like your yeah, absence makes makes the heart grow fonder, sort of thing. Like you can yeah, exactly. watch you can watch hockey any night of the week. And specifically, you can watch your team basically every other day. Worst case, every three days. Compare it to like football, dependent on the week and what competitions your club's in, you could go seven days without, you know, you could go an entire week between games. 
So you are more likely to to tune into combine that with the fact that there's less parity amongst the teams. You are more likely to tune into like a, a midweek game, say Champions League or Bayern Munich or Man City or whatever. Or yeah, exactly. Or even just because there's such you don't have football every night of the week necessarily. If it's on like a Friday night game or a Monday night game, you'll chuck it on because oh well, but it's on. This is a novelty sort of thing. I don't know, but I, th- I think I think it will be a more familiar face against Minnesota, but I don't think it'll be the Blackhawks or Boston. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but it's there's not many great choices out there unless <laughs> it's I don't know. That's the problem. Because it will die death if it's Minnesota versus, I don't know. <sighs> Let me think. It might be the Penguins. Yeah, that'd be a good choice. Because that was the 91 Cup Final. Or the 92 Cup Final. The only Cup Final that the North Stars went to was against the uh, the Penguins. Yeah. So there's yeah. some level of history there. And you know that the, the Wild are going to cling on to the North Stars as their, their classic. <laughs> Aspects. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, it'll be good. Good next year. Be really, really good. the The ratings will yeah, increase by like five percent because they they uh, they sabotage the progress and um, and they call it a success. Yeah. Just just quickly, uh, speaking of the Minnesota Wild, they God, they're just Bill Guerin said this was this was a few weeks ago, but with the Bill Peters and the Babcock thing and all, if then else, and then Christmas and blah blah blah. I wanted to mention this a few weeks ago, but he did an interview where he said he was tempted to blow the team up and start again, and then decided not to. Just, why? Why, why I only wanted to mention this because I'm fucking dumbfounded at the stupidity of this. Why would you not just say, fuck, this is awful, forget it, let's just start again. I just, (sighs) they've been to the conference finals once ever as the Wild. I mean, where are the standings? Like in the Western Conference, twelfth, something like that. This is it, Dan. If you just, have the chance to come seventh in your conference, you've got to grab that ball by the horns, really, haven't you? I mean, fucking hell! Of even even just to like change perception, because you know, all right, the the Wild haven't had like major success, like getting to conference finals or anything like that. But they've been consistent in the fact that they've regularly been in the playoffs over the last decade. You've got to give them that. Yeah. However, they are routinely like their identity is the most boring team in the league. That's yeah. what they're and and if nothing else, it's to break that monotony and make them a more interesting team and a more interesting product and try and change that culture. You know, like if you've got the opportunity to to completely revamp the wild, do it. You see, it's the curse. It's the curse of the blues. Is that we said this? You know, we said this. Everyone, everyone said this. Not just us. Everybody said this, didn't they? After the cup final, is that that's it now? The Blues have given every single team who are shite at Christmas hope, mm. and it'll just lead to stuff like this. Well, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to blow it all up just in case, because you never know. Kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's licensed to do nothing in a league that already does nothing regularly. It just drives me mad. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. Last thing I wanted to mention which was born off a tweet last night from the uh, the brilliant people at Cap Friendly, which was that with the Habs losing seven in a row, looks like they're going to be getting a lottery pick again this year. Uh, do you know what's happened to the Habs' first round picks since 2009? In, in what sense? What the players they've picked? Not the players they've picked. 
but what's happened to those players? I know you're not going to know all of them, so I'll just I'll just go through them now quickly. Oh, can I can I can I try little little quick quiz? Yeah, little quick quiz. So Pacioretty was 2007, wasn't he? Yeah. So we're going to go from 2009. I mean, to before, yeah, you could include Pacioretty because he's been traded away. Could you could you give me 2009? Just so I've got a rough. Anchor. Yeah, Louis, Louis LeBlanc. Oh Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> <sighs> 2010. So, just to clarify that as well, I'll I'll give you the player's name if you, if you ask for it, and then also what happened to that player. Go on, yeah, let's let's do it that way. So, who who was so Louis LeBlanc didn't make, 2009 didn't make the NHL. No, never got a qualifying offer. Jeez Louise. 2010. Oh, I don't know who it is. Nah. Jared Tenordi. Oh Christ, yeah, he got traded away to the Sabres. I want to say traded. 2011? That was... No, no, I can't I can't remember. Nathan Boulot. Oh, jeez, yeah, he was traded as well. Traded. 2012? Uh, Alex Galchenyuk, traded to the Coyotes. Traded. 2013? The 13th pick was... Oh, I should know this. No, but I don't. <laughs> Michael McCarran. Oh, jeez. Uh, is he still on their roster? He was just traded to to the Predators. No, that's Daniel Carr. It was either today. It was either today or yesterday. But there you go. Two thousand thirteen. Michael McCarron traded. Two thousand fourteen. Still haven't got it. Christ, I've been terrible at this one. Nikita Sherback. Oh, jeez. Yeah, he's playing in the KHL, hasn't he? Yep. Ended up on waivers. Two thousand fifteen. Uh, Mikhail Sergachev. Now of the no, that was that fifteen or sixteen. This is fifteen. Sergachev was two thousand sixteen. Ah, there you go. So their 15 was Otteri Lekkinen? No. Nah, no idea then. Uh, Noah Juleson. Oh, and he's still on in the AHL, isn't he? Still in the AHL. Obviously, 2016, Sergeyev traded. Uh, 2017? Oh, Ryan Poling. That's right. Who didn't manage a single point in all of his 17 NHL games this season. Rough, after his uh, hat-trick last year. It's a bit of a shame. Yeah. 2018? That was... Oh, shit. No, I don't know. Can you me? Oh, yeah, of course. Another, yeah, another 41 flop. points in 98 NHL games so uh, far. Absolute flop. And, uh, and then... Last year, he... They picked... Did they have a pick last year? They did. Oh, Cole Caulfield. There you go. And I guess we'll wait and see. We will find out. But if you go from... If you go from 2009 onwards, no qualifying offer, traded, 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 waived, AHL, traded, no points in 17 NHL games this season, 41 points in 98 NHL games, and then Cole Caulfield, who I guess is a wait and see. I, I, to be fair, so what, four out of ten drafts that are still in the organisation? Jules and Poling, Kokaniemi and Caulfield. But it's a worrying trend, yes, because you've got to assume at some point in the next few years they're going to get traded. It's a, it's a bad trend, but okay, let's just do a quick. So, uh, let's Tampa Bay Lightning, yeah. Okay, okay. Just take them as a, a, a good team, yeah, we'd say. Agreed. A good team at drafting, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair to say. So let's have a look. And see their last ten drafts, and see how many are in last ten first round picks. Okay, so I'm not going to know what's happened to them, but I'm going to know who's in the 
who's still in the system, if that makes sense, yeah. Uh, 2009, yep. Carter Ashton, who now plays for Dynamo Riga. 2010, Brett Connolly, who plays for the Panthers. 2011, Vlad Nemestikov plays for the Senators. It's not, not going well so far, is it? Uh, 2010-12, Slater Cuckoo, uh, plays for the, well, he's in the Hawks, Hawks system. The other 2012, which is fine, because that makes up for a missing one in 2018. Any guesses? Second pick in 2012? Oh god, no idea. Still with the organisation? Honestly, no idea. I'm crap at these. Andrei Vasilevsky. So, alright, so that's one. Ah, okay. That is one out of five who's still in the uh, in the organisation. 2013, Jonathan Duran, now the Canadians. 2014, Tony D'Angelo, now the Rangers. 2016, uh, Brett Howden, who's now at the Rangers. 2017, Cal Foote, who's playing for their AHL team. And 2019, Nolan Foote, who's playing in the WHL. So, um, three out of ten. Well, here's the point now. The Lightning have been successful. The Canadians haven't. <laughs> but but the point being, like, that doesn't... That's I think, and, I think and, that's relatively par for the course, having that few first-rounders still in your system. And what did the Lightning get back for those players who were... Yeah, like, if you got, what did, that, the, what did yeah. the Habs get back for those players who were traded away, you know? Yeah, no, I'd, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll concede that. Um, and the ones that have stuck around on... Uh, yeah, they haven't got an Andre Vasilevsky in that list. For, for the Canadians, do they? No, but they are paying a goalie more than him, so that's good. Only, only just. Only just. Only just, but still, they are. God, that's backfired really well, isn't it? <laughs> interestingly, interestingly, Trevor Timmins, the Habs assistant GM, who is credited uh, with being Bergevin's right-hand man for these picks, is also built like an absolute fucking tank. Yeah, when they say... Clearly. Right-hand man, it's clearly a spotter. The, yeah, clearly the GM meetings are held in the gym. Because <laughs> you should see a picture of Trevor Timmins. It's like the classic Bergevin red t-shirt pick. Timmins is also in a red t-shirt with the guns out, looking like an absolute unit. Maybe it's Timmins who uh, got uh, got Bergevin into it. Maybe. Maybe it's Timmins who got Bergevin onto his steak, his steak diet. Or the, the, um, the Nate Schmidt steak. I forgot about the Nate Schmidt steaks. Jesus Christ. Oh, I've got a beautiful little side-by-side side here. They are literally the same person. I know. Mad, right? That's fucking weird. I mean, clearly that's how you stay in Bergevin's good books. Because with Timmins draft history in the first round, he should, have, he should have been gone a long time ago. Maybe he's Bergevin's spotter in the gym. He's just a really good guy to spot in. That's the thing. He, he just needs to keep him around. Fuck's I am pushing as hard as I can, Slever. I can't do it anymore. Come on, Mark. One more. One more. Push it. Feel the burn. <gasps> yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and even Bergevin rips his shirt off like Hogan in the 80s there's just like slap it like in, uh, in Terminator <laughs> with Schwarzenegger and uh, is it Carl Weathers in Terminator oh Predator Predator that's the one sorry <laughs> the, pre- the Predator hand yeah they do the Predator handshake every time they meet up <laughs> you son of a bitch you son of a bitch <laughs> Mate. I wonder how many do you know what? I've I've often wondered a little project for the summertime when we have like sort of two weeks in between shows would be to look at which team has made the most of their own picks relative to their success. You know, what in the sense of like drafted players on their team or like assets gotten back from drafted 
players like you know, are we going to yeah win? like drafted players on their team yeah I know the Jets I think the Jets would be right up there wouldn't they they always mm-hmm. draft really well well they seem to I think the Leafs would probably be fairly up there at the moment actually yeah but that maybe I'd have to look at it a different way maybe I'd maybe look at it as in like value further down the draft or something like that yeah because to be fair to the Leafs like yeah they have a first overall like Mitch Marner's that like alright you can't really miss can you do you know what I mean? I mean, I guess you can, but... Yeah, I mean, you can ask uh, ask the Oilers about that. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Like, That's a good it's, point. It's... How many teams have got sort of second rounders playing on their top line or third line? Like, you know, a third rounders playing as like a top two deal or something? Well, there's like, a, I don't know um, the answer. I just... There's a certain team uh, a team in the South, Dan, who uh, iced three fifth rounders in, a, in, their, in their team this season. At least three. Really? Oh yeah, Jamie Ben, John Klingberg, and Nick Kamano—all fifth-round picks. Klingberg was never a fifth-round yeah, pick. Yeah, he was. Oh my fifth god, round, fifth-round pick in two thousand and ten. Jesus. Yeah, fucking mental. Isn't it? Clearly, I knew that, but I didn't remember that because <laughs> fucking hell. He's he's been a, he's a really weird case, Klingberg, because like he he deserved to be a fifth-round pick, sort of thing. It's not like he fell for weird advice reasons or anything like that. And he just slowly and steadily got better. But like he was never tearing up Sweden or anything like that. And then he just came out like he was finally ready to come over. Like he never came over until he was like 23, 24 or something. Came over, scored like 12 points in eight AHL games, got called up, and then that was that. No way. So it's a weird case. There you go then. Maybe the answer's, maybe the answer's the stars. Who is, the, who is, yeah, who is the, which team has drafted the best? And maybe I'd, I'd probably put the Sharks up there for that. Yeah, maybe actually. Not a bad point. It'd be, it'd, it'd be worth a say, look. It'd be worth a look. You know what I'm going to say? I mean, maybe the Bruins. Yeah, Bruins. Actually. I mean, that top, I mean, think I'm thinking of their fucking top line. Yeah, two two second rounders and a, and a late first. Yeah, passing that was like 25th or something like that. That's pretty good. I feel like somebody's done this research and there's like... They must have done. They must have done. Like they assign points to each category or something like that, and the you know there's like a rating or something that you can attribute to a team based on their draft. Even, even if it's just like draft position and like total up the draft position of all your, you know, drafted players who are still in the squad sort of thing. Somebody at the Athletic in the summer must have done this when they had fuck all else to do. Oh, you'd have thought so, wouldn't you? <laughs> you'd have thought so, wouldn't you? <laughs> there you go. Right. Put that in my light. Put that in my um, put that in my light bulb file for a summertime <laughs> thing. Keep it. Put a pin in it. Keep it, keep it yeah, fresh. Put a pin in it. I'm after. We'll have to have a look at it. Speaking of putting a pin in things, well, oh, gee, um, I don't know where this is going. <laughs> man versus eight year old. Hey, Will, you schmuck! You're gonna get roasted by an eight year old, you fool. How's it? Uh... I mean, we don't have to look at. Well, the cut off was ten points. It's now <laughs> eleven, but we'll move on because it's. Don't worry you know, about that. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry about that. It's fun. It's your last one. For for this, you know, obviously this is the last season. You'll have to do it for a bit because I'll be doing it next season. So let's just um, let's 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 ride it till the wheels fall off. Let's Tom Shabbat. Yeah, let's just let's just let's just do let's just do with this what I do with all my cars, which is just drive it until it falls to pieces and then start again. Yeah, I can I can get behind that. So eleven points back. Right. Who have we got this week, Dan? Right. <laughs> it is the blues time of year. Will you got time? Blues <laughs> Jets. It's been staring us in the face the whole time. I'm going to win it all. Bruins, Jets. Uh, it's got to be the Bruins, isn't it? Canadians, Oilers. Oh, that's a that's a naughty one. That is the Oilers. You can't you can't not pick the Oilers after that bloody goal McDavid scored. Beautiful. 
Uh, sharks, blue jackets. Oh, fucking hell. Um, blue jackets. Hurricanes, kings. Canes, got to be. Blues, rangers. Blues. All right. Georgia went complete. Uh, jo- Actually, no, Georgia didn't. Georgia went Jets, Oilers, Sharks, Kings, Blues. Okay. Just for full transparency. Yeah, nice. So hopefully I can make up the points on those what four that we were different on. Then I can get back to a respectable minus seven. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. There we go. We're back for the new year, folks. Cheers for listening, everybody. Will, any last words? So I'm, I'm, I'm watching... As I said to you before we recorded that, I'm watching the Leafs-Jets game from last week just because yep. I'm a fucking psychopath and have nothing better to do with my time. Uh, and I noticed there was a scrum. It's, it's, it's in Winnipeg and there was a scrum behind the net. And I happened to notice uh, the Winnipeg mascot was behind the glass right where the scrum was happening. And uh, the mascot walks away, Dan. So the whole idea of sticking up for your teammates... Should that not extend to to the mascot as well? I mean, you would think so. I mean, he should be banging on the glass. That, that's what I'm shouting. Thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Shouting abuse at Leafs players, shouldn't it? As, as part of like the mascot kayfabe, he should at least be getting up in people's faces for that sort of thing. But no, he just walked off up the stairs as if like as if it was a stoppage. Maybe shift had ended. <laughs> well, like his like his hockey shift or his uh, his real person shift. Who's real person shift? Like, skin at nine o'clock. Eh, oh, I'm clocking off. No, like, <laughs> my job's done. If that is the case, who is organising his, his shift pattern <laughs> that his shifts end halfway through a game? Yeah, but you can't. Yeah, but well, you can't predict when there's going to be a scrum at the glass, can you? If his shift ended, his shift ended. That's it's, not his fault. He's just got, if he's union as well, halfway, he's got to go. <laughs> halfway through a game, like, so he's leaving, trying to leave, and some kid's like, oh, can I get a picture with your mascot? And he's like, takes off his head, his head's like, fuck off, kid, I'm going home. <laughs> yeah, but I'm thinking, like, then, he's, then the next guy comes in. Like, do you have, like, a rotating people in costumes? It must get hot as hell in there. Like, oh, Yeah, I wonder if you can, like, it's like, like lorry drivers can only legally do... So many miles, like you can only do so many, so many minutes in a. Uh... I love the idea that next time we drive past a lorry, I'm going to imagine there's some like NHL mascot like in the bunk asleep because he's reached his limit for the day. You know, you know, you'd be able to do a whole game in a mascot costume. Go on, Thomas Shabbat. <laughs> Good post-playing career profession for him. Uh. There's, there'll be stories written about him. Oh, did you, oh shit! Something shit. Before I forget, something else I watched over Christmas. If you watch, if you watch The Witcher, as oh, I thought, fucking hell, dude, it was awesome. Right, this is going to light bulb file next week. Witcher talk. We're, yes, yeah, we'll do that as our question of the week. Yeah, yeah, fantastic, fantastic. And you know what? One last, last thing from me. Here's a crazy prediction. As we've proved that we are prediction geniuses. The Lightning are going to catch the Bruins. They're going to overtake them. The Bruins are going to play the Leafs again in the playoffs, and the Leafs are going to win this time, this season. That's and my then wacky the, prediction uh, for this season. And then the Panthers are going to sweep the Lightning in the first round. Okay, take care, folks. We'll see you later. Peace. Peace.